Hello, my name is Richard Blosser, host of the Grit and Barrett podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, covering the Hershey Bears, the 11-time Calder Cup champions of the American Hockey League, and the 2018 Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Each Tuesday, I recap Bears games, give you Bears news, notes, and nuggets, and all of the hockey news that matters to me, whether it's the American Hockey League, the NHL, or banter about hockey jerseys. This hack brings you high energy. They score! Connor McMichael has ended the game! Unfiltered. Look, Herco's really going to have to work hard to bring back the fan base from this pandemic because you can't just rely on vaccinations. You have a fan base that is old, stubborn, and very reluctant to change. Not to mention you got to work on bringing back families and then whatever fan base you can try and get back from other parts of the state. You just can't rely on people coming out from 81 and 78. You got to work on a fan base that's very, very hesitant to change and at times unfocused. Look, Ovechkin is basically the guy who comes into the bar, kicks open the door, and says, Who ordered a white Russian, huh? Well, we all know Sidney Crosby is the guy who enters in from the side door, red carpet, VIP, Armani suits, and alligator shoes. That's just the type of guys they are. So join me every Tuesday here on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Grit and Barrett Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1. That's Grit, G R I T, and B E A R IT P1 on Twitter. Available wherever you get all your podcasts, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on that game. That's right. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over in the featured game helps to lower the game's over-under. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family, this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code THPN. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restricting supply. Maximum $25 wager. One per customer. Offer ends May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to New York.
Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, guys? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and a welcome to another exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news topics and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you so much, as always, for taking some time to check these episodes out. I, for one, greatly, greatly appreciate it. We have a bunch to get to here today. This is how it's going to go down. So the first thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about two players on the Devils that are both actually, they've been nominated for awards at the upcoming NHL awards ceremony. So it's kind of a big thing. And, you know, we, we hope that obviously one and, you know, it would be great if both of them could win the awards that they're up to, but it's it's nice to know that they're also nominated as well. We also got some news on Wednesday afternoon that the Devils named a, another person to their hockey operations role was something that Tom Fitzgerald had talked about, you know, upgrading or, you know, adding on to the hockey operations role. And then this was an idea that I came up with. Because obviously free agency is, you know, coming relatively soon, I thought it would be a good time to kind of begin the process of targets of guys that, you know, I would point out. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each position. So it'd be like right wing, center, left wing, defenseman, and then backup goalies. Obviously, we don't need a starting goaltender or you know, maybe we get a 1A, 1B type of thing. But we're going to go through that potential, you know, free agent things. And then eventually we're going to do some trades as well. And I'm sure that there will be some other things to talk about. But as you can see, we have a bunch to get to here today. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. Now, before we begin our whole episode here. I wanted to send a special shout out to one of my Twitter followers. She's also following the Devil's State of Mind on Instagram as well. Her name is Nicole. Her Twitter handle is at Nicole G-I-Z underscore 18. Now, the reason that I bring her up is that she is the lucky winner of our Mileswood autograph puck giveaway. And I told her that I would give her a shout out on this episode. So, Congratulations to Nicole for winning the autograph puck of Miles Wood. We will be sending you that puck very, very shortly, and we hope you enjoyed. And thank you so much for entering the giveaway and supporting the Devil's State of Mind podcast from, you know, basically the beginning until now. And we hope that you continue to support us for a very, very long time. So congratulations to Nicole. We hope you enjoy that puck when you get it. Now, let's shift to our first topic here today of the Devil's State of Mind podcast episode. We are going to be talking about, like I mentioned before, there's a couple Devils that are nominees for some awards uh, for this upcoming NHL awards ceremony. The first one, actually, let, let's start with this. The two players that are being nominated are Scott Wedgwood and P.K. Subban. So let's start with Scott Wedgwood. 
Last week, the National Hockey League announced its nominees for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. Now, for those of you that don't know, that trophy, it's awarded annually by the Professional Hockey Writers Association to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to ice hockey. A player from each team is nominated by the local chapter. Basically, he, they are nominated from you know, a group of the players, the coaches, and the front office of each of these teams. And Scott Wedgwood was nominated as the New Jersey Devils uh, representative. So congratulations to Scott Wedgwood. The winner of the 2021 Masterton Trophy will be announced at the National Hockey League Awards this summer. I don't know if they're going to be doing it in person. They usually do it over in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll see what happens down the road when we get to that point. Uh, Brian Boyle actually won this award back in 2018, same year that Taylor Hall won the Hart Trophy. And Ken Danico won this award back in 2000, the year that the Devils won the second of their three cups. They are the past winners from the Devils, the only two. So if Scott Wedgwood wins, he would become just the third Devils player to win this award. Now, I know that obviously this is not something that, you know, first of all, obviously every single player, every single team has at least one nominee. I even mentioned before that former Devil goaltender Eric Comrie is actually the nominee for the Winnipeg Jets, uh, which is kind of interesting. I mean, it makes sense. When you think about this award, you think, you know, perseverance, sportsmanship, and especially dedication. I mean, look at Scott Wedgwood. He came to the Devils most likely with the expectation that he was going to be the third string goaltender. And then obviously, as we all know, Corey Crawford decided to retire right in the beginning of training camp. And Scott Wedgwood became the backup goaltender. And he persevered through a lot. He had some difficult games, but hell, he had a couple of really good games, got a shutout against the Boston Bruins in Boston. And he did as best as he possibly could in this situation. And, and look, we know that Scott Wedgwood is not going to be the goaltender of the future and not going to be part of the goalie tandem that we need long-term to help not only Blackwood, but just to help our goaltending in general. But for him to be nominated by his peers within the within the Devils organization, I think is absolutely wonderful. And I'm very happy that Scott Wedgwood deserve it. He persevered through a bunch this season. And, you know, I'm obviously hoping he wins it. I, I think it would be wonderful. Um, but even if he doesn't win it, just to be nominated is still a tremendous thing. So congratulations to Scott Wedgwood for being nominated as the New Jersey Devils representative for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. And again, the award will be given out at the 2021 NHL Awards later this summer. So we'll see if Scott Wedgwood ends up winning that. Now let's shift over to P.K. Subban. The National Hockey League announced Tuesday, this past Tuesday, the 18th, that Devils defenseman P.K. Subban is the team's nominee for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. This award goes to the NHL player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and who has made a significant humanitarian contribution to his team, to his community. Subban was, has embraced philanthropic work through work throughout his entire NHL career. The blue liner launched the PK Subban foundation back in 2014 and throughout his 12 seasons in the national hockey league, he has worked in the greater Newark, Montreal and Nashville communities. Now, fun fact, 
P.K. Subban was the Devils nominee last year and actually was a finalist for the award. He ended up losing to, um, I can't remember the top of my head who he ended up losing to, but regardless, he, he was actually a finalist for the award. Matt Dumba uh, actually won it last year. I just remember that right now. Matt Dumba won it last year. But this doesn't really surprise me because if anybody knows P.K. Subban and especially sees what he does, not just on the ice, but, but certainly off, He's a very kind, caring person, and he wants to do everything possible to grow the sport of hockey and really just get people to get more involved in it. And he also is very big on community and trying to do a lot. I remember when he got traded from Montreal to Nashville, he was still in the middle of doing a bunch of things community-wise in Montreal and, and actually was still doing them while playing for the Nashville Predators. And last year when he came to the Devils, he kind of did he kind of did this uh blue line buddies, I believe it was called, where he honors um policemen uh that work in the New York Newark area and also just in the New Jersey area and he honors them every single game, you know, different people. This year obviously he had to do it all via Zoom, but still it's a wonderful thing and it's great to see PK Subban doing it. Um do I think it's possible that he could be a finalist again this year? I think it is because he's he's been very very consistent with his hard work and and being that person and look he's just a he's just a tremendous personality. Say what you want about the difficulties he's had since coming to New Jersey when it comes to the on ice production and and trust me it's been very frustrating from my own standpoint. But looking at the person that PK Subban is and look I don't know him personally so I can't speak with 100% confidence but from what I've seen he's just a great personality. He cares so much about not just people, but, you know, he particularly cares about his teammates. You can see how much he interacts with all the young players that we have on this team and how much he interacts with the fans and, and the community and everybody. And I, and I think it's wonderful. And, it, you know, it's, it's, those are the type of people that you really just like, especially when you're a parent, you want your kid to grow up to be, I mean, that, that's what you want to see at the end of the day. So you know, it doesn't surprise me that P.K. Subban is the one that's nominated uh, for the Devils you know, perspective, getting this, you know, for this award. And, and hopefully he ends up at least being a finalist and everything. But again, just like Scott Wedgwood, just to be nominated is still a big thing nonetheless. And look, obviously the Devils are not going to be winning anything, any big time trophies this year for obvious reasons. And I'm not trying to be selfish or anything, but I would say that it would be nice to have at least one of our players, you know, even if it's an individual award, winning something. I think that would that would be a really great thing. And we know how much Tom Fitzgerald talks about building a good winning, you know, very supportive culture within this team and, and having guys like Wedgwood and, and Subban being basically veterans, you know, and, and being nominated for these things. It just goes to show the type of people that they are. And that's what I love about these awards is that we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, awards, you know, like the, the Rocket Richard Award, the Hart Trophy, the Ted Lindsay, the Vesna, the Jennings, all these trophies that are about on ice production and doing those things. But you can you can have tremendous on ice production and be an asshole. I mean, you really can. But, you know, what, what makes these awards much more special is that you look at the people that get nominated and yes, every single team has to nominate a player. I understand that, but still you, it's not like it's an easy thing. You do have to figure out, okay, who are the people that best represent us in this, in this, you know, category. And, and I'm sure for both Wedgwood and Subban to just be nominated by their team to, you know, to be the guy that represent them in, in these 
awards. I think it's a phenomenal thing. And, and so once again, I would love to see both of these guys win. I would be happy to see one of these guys win. But at the end of the day, just to be nominated is great nonetheless. So congratulations once again to Scott Wedgwood and P.K. Subban, who have been nominated to represent the Devils for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy and the King Clancy Memorial Trophy in that order. So the next thing we're going to talk about it, and this was a really, really interesting thing because not only did it catch the attention of the National Hockey League, but it caught the attention of women's sports in general. And, and we know how big women's sports have gotten over the last couple of years. And, you know, I know for one, I am a massive supporter of women's sports. Uh, when I was doing my television show down in South Jersey, I spent a lot of time covering a lot of women's sports teams. And it's just wonderful because we know how big they are and how big they're getting and how much more important and just how much more involved, you know, we're getting with this and how we are constantly pushing, you know, equal rights for everybody, regardless of race, of sexuality, uh, whatever the case may be. And the devils are definitely showing that they're a very inclusive group and they want to continue to grow the sport in many different ways and get as many people involved. Well, the Devils made what in many people's mind, what in many people's minds is considered to be a pretty big move. Uh, earlier today on Wednesday, the 19th of May, 2021, the Devils named Megan Duggan to hockey operations role. So the New Jersey Devils today announced that Megan Duggan has been hired for the newly created role of manager of player development within the club's hockey operations department. And again, I had talked about this before and we had, we had discussed it together when Tom Fitzgerald had his end of the season press conference with the media, he said straight up that he was going to continue to add to his hockey operations department. And we didn't know what that necessarily meant. We didn't know what he was thinking, but you can clearly see that Tom Fitzgerald is thinking more into the future of how things are developed and how things are going and realizing that there are also a lot of women out there that know a lot about the game of hockey and can contribute even at the highest level that is the National Hockey League. Now, Tom Fitzgerald also had a statement that I'm going to read. The majority of the notes that I have here actually come from the Devils, you know, press release. So, you know, you could obviously read it yourself, but I'm going to read it here to you. Fitzgerald said, quote, we are incredibly excited to announce that Megan Duggan has joined our player development department. As our group has evolved over the past few years to include as much about off ice as on ice for development, we believe Megan will be perfect for this position. Her successful track record as a teammate, leader, captain, and driver of initiatives will be resources to all players within our organization. We look forward to her utilizing her perspective of the game, attention to detail, and creative thinking to help our players reach their potential. Now, let's let's look at it this way. The next thing that they wanted to talk about was basically what Duggan's role is going to be uh, with the Devils. Duggan will work closely with Senior Vice President Assistant General Manager Dan McKinnon across all levels of the development department's operations with a specific focus on on-ice and off-ice information. She will coordinate with the athlete care group, development coaches and management on the design, improvement and execution of progress plans for all players within the organization. Duggan will be responsible for staff schedules, 
synthesizing information regarding prospects and AHL slash ECHL players while assessing all players through in-person and video scouting. Additionally, she will join the Devils staff in on-ice development throughout the year. So obviously, you know, her role, it's just one role, but here's the thing. It's a role with so many responsibilities within it. And basically what this means to kind of put it in a very simplified term, because I'm sure some of you are like, but what exactly is she doing? What she's basically doing is that she's going to be very, very much involved in not just helping the Devils become better on the ice, but also become better off the ice. And it comes to evaluating players from a talent standpoint and also from a you know personality standpoint. And that goes through not just when you're scouting for you know players within the draft, but also looking at guys in free agency and in trades and things like that. And all she's really doing is really just helping us strengthen the organization and really getting as much information as possible about these guys to create the product. Because at the end of the day, there are so many people within the organization that we don't hear about that often that are making contributions day in and day out that are helping this team become better. We spent all the season, you know, getting frustrated and pissed off. I mean, myself included, as you've heard from previous episodes about what, you know, this team and seeing and talking about it from just the on ice perspective. And look, yes, the on ice performance needs to improve 100%. And I know that Tom Fitzgerald knows that. And I know he's going to try this off season to make moves, but there's also another aspect to it when it comes to the off ice, you know, when it comes, and we just talked about it when we were talking about guys like Wedgwood and Subban being nominated for really, you know, you know, really personal awards that, you know, involve around personality and what they believe in and what they want to do, you know, to, you know, make contributions to the world. And, and, and those things come with that sort of development. So it's great to see that we kind of, you know, the devil's basically created a new role, but what's good about it is that it creates a role that now other teams can use to then bring in people bring in more people within the organization, create more jobs, create more opportunities for people to be involved in a professional sport and in professional hockey in particular. I, I think this is a wonderful thing. Now, here's the thing that I'm sure some people might ask. Not everybody, I'm sure, maybe knows exactly who Megan Duggan is. I mean, I know personally who she is and I know what she's been able to do. But if you don't know, let me give you a background as to why this is such a big deal. And that's why a lot of people, I mean, look, I saw the NHL talk about it. Uh, ESPN talked about it. NBC Sports talked about it. This is a big thing because Duggan is a very, very well-known player, not just in the hockey world, but in women's sports and in sports in general. Duggan, 33 years of age, recently retired from professional ice hockey back in October of 2020 and is one of the most successful players in international hockey history. The native of Danvers, Massachusetts, has won 11 medals, 8 gold and 3 silver for Team USA in international play. In the Olympic Winter Games, Duggan captured three medals, winning silver back in 2010 in Vancouver, 2014 in Sochi, where she served as captain, and triumphantly captured gold in the 2018 rematch with Canada at the Pyeongchang Winter Olympic Games, where she was once again captain. In eight IIHF Women's World Championships, she was part of seven World Championship squads, 0809, 2011, 2013, and then 2015, 16, and 17, and finished runner-up once back in 2007. Her illustrious career led her to being named to the USA Hockey Board of Directors in 2014 
and USA Hockey's women, the former USA Hockey's women board as well. The former forward played collegiately at Wisconsin, which is part of the WCHA, which is, you know, Women's College Hockey Association from 2006 to 2011, where she won the Patty Kazmier Award presented annually to the top women's NCAA ice hockey player in her senior season. Basically, if you're a football fan, you may understand this. Think of that award as the hockey women's hockey equivalent to the Heisman Trophy, basically being or that's the equivalent to the Hobie Baker Award, which is given out to the top male player in college hockey. This award is being given to the top women's players. She was she was a tremendous player when, when you really look at it. Duggan finished her career as the Badgers all-time leading scorer. Following her time at Wisconsin, she was drafted eighth overall by the Boston Blades in the 2011 Canadian Women's Hockey League draft, where she spent four seasons between 2011 and 2015 and won two Clarkson Cups in 2013 and 2015. She then spent two seasons with the National Women's Hockey League, which is continuing to grow and continue to get more and more exciting, trust me on that, with the Buffalo Buttes 2015-2016 and the Boston Pride in 2016-2017. Huggin has a long track record of improving accessibility, diversity, and participation in the game of ice hockey. She was part of the inaugural group, that was named to the National Hockey League's Player Inclusion Committee last season. The NHL is starting to be much more inclusive, which is tremendous. You know, you, you know, getting women in to promote the sport and get more people to be involved and, you know, convincing, you know, young girls that they can play and there are opportunities out there. And Duggan getting a role like this with the New Jersey Devils, a national hockey franchise, shows to young girls that it is possible and that these opportunities are out there. And I think that's a really wonderful thing. She has served as a member of the Professional Women's Hockey's Players Association or the, or the PHWPA and the Women's Sports Foundation as a Board of Trustees member. Duggan has used her platform throughout her career for mentorship and motivational speaking with a focus on gender equality, diversity and inclusion, leadership, LGBTQ ad, advocacy and teamwork. So when you look at the person that Megan Duggan is. She is very, very big on promoting not just the sport of hockey and sports in general, but certainly about equality, diversity, and all the things that I had just read. She's very, very passionate about it and wants everybody to understand that everybody deserves an opportunity to do the things that they want to do. It's very, very important to her. And What's great about it is that I really am certain of that, that she's going to continue to be that way while working with the New Jersey Devils and having another name that a lot of young hockey players know already and saying, wow, look at the people that they have within the organization, you know, and you talk about not just the players that they were, but the people that they are. I mean, look, we have some really tremendous scouts. We have people that are being brought into our front office. I mean, we have Martin Brodeur as a guy who works in the hockey operations department, Megan Duggan as well. We're one of the few teams that has basically a whole department just for the goaltending, which is a really, really impressive thing. We are, you know, basically doing all these new things that are just becoming, 
you know, normal for NHL teams. And we are doing everything possible as an organization to be as inclusive and as supportive of everything as possible. And I think that that's just absolutely wonderful. And it, it really like raised some eyebrows for me in a positive way, mind you, when the Devils announced this earlier this afternoon, it was like, whoa, Megan Duggan, I, I know exactly who she is. We, we're bringing her in to work with the Devils. That's great. Because she's a bright hockey mind and she brings another dynamic to this team, another great voice. I mean, we're just doing that. And I remember when Tom Fitzgerald, you know, was officially hired as the general manager of the New Jersey Devils. One of the biggest things he said, and I think it actually came from when he was on Speak of the Devils, which is the New Jersey Devils main podcast. He was talking about how he wants everybody to feel like that their voice can be heard. And that he wants every he wants it to be a group effort. He doesn't want to be this, you know, this guy that just basically tells everybody what to do. He wants to listen to everybody. If there's something that you're really passionate about, let's bring it to the table. Let's talk about it. Let's let's discuss it. Let's have discussions. And I think that's great because then that gives these people that you're working for that are working under you the confidence to then speak their mind and make these things work because at the end of the day the main goal for this organization like every organization is to make the team as successful as possible to win stanley cups because that's what you want to do at the end of the day but also when you're bringing in people like megan duggan and other people that that i don't mention here but are involved you're not only doing it from a hockey standpoint you're doing it from a community standpoint of continuing to get more people in here to promote a lot of the things that are very controversial to a lot of people and unfortunately still are. We need to get them more out there and talk more about equality and more about inclusiveness and all those things because at the end of the day, really what you have is your personal integrity. You know what you're about. You know what, it, you know what, you know, you know, in your heart of hearts, what you believe in. And there's a lot of people that are very passionate about everybody getting a fair, equal opportunity to do the things that they want to do, regardless of, you know, you know, their sex, the skin of their color, everything like that. They want to be treated equally and getting people in here like Megan is a really important thing for a multitude of different reasons. And I think it's great. So I don't know if this is going to be the only move. I think when you think about what Tom Fitzgerald said about trying to, you know, continue to add on to his hockey operations. I have a pretty good feeling that this isn't going to be the only move. And, and could it be the biggest name when it comes to name recognition that the Devils do? I think so, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils continue to do this because I think, again, Fitzgerald wants to have as many voices in the room to try to get everything going because it, it doesn't it's not just about the general manager you know and the head coach and the coaching staff and the players there's so many people that are not talked about enough that do a lot of hard work to try to help this team move forward and, and yes I know we haven't made the playoffs in three years and right now the playoffs are going and we're seeing former Devils players doing really well for other teams and it sucks it really it really sucks let's just we're not even going to sugarcoat it. It really sucks to see that because we want to be excited about seeing our New Jersey Devils in the postseason play meaningful games. And I think we need to give Tom Fitzgerald an opportunity because he's done a lot of different things in just in less than a year since he took over as the general manager of this team. And he's really you know changing the way you do things and changing the, the way you hire people and the roles that you can create. I mean, he created a, a whole new 
role that wasn't already a, a role that you have within the organization to bring in another well-known person who is very wise and will help us tremendously. And I think that that's a tremendous job by Tom Fitzgerald. I know he's certainly not going to be done. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Megan can do to help this team moving forward, both on and off the ice. So welcome to the New Jersey Devils, Megan Duggan. And now we get to the last part of this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, we are going to be talking about potential free agent targets. Potential. Now, some of these guys may seem to you guys like unrealistic, but I think when I look at it, I, I mean, you never know. Because again, look, we have a crap load of cap space. I've mentioned it. I keep mentioning it over and over again, and I'm really just beating a dead horse at this point. But we still have to get, we still have to spend $17 million just to get to the cap floor for next season. So, I do expect the Devils, I mean, look, they have to spend money regardless. They do. Um, it'll be really interesting, like I said, to see what the, how the Devils want to, wanna, you know, move forward with this and, how, and what they want to do. And I know that there's so many young guys that they don't want to stunt their development by bringing in some, some you know, big player, big name guys. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But there are a couple of guys here that I wanted to talk about. And here's the way I'm going to do it. And I mentioned it before and I'll mention it again. I'm going to go position by position. I'm not just going to go, oh, let's go through the forwards because we'd be here all day. I mean, there's a lot of different guys out there that we could talk about. I thought I'd go through position by position and just find two or three guys and talk about them and explain why I think that they would be good candidates here or there. For, for this one, I have just three guys. One of them, you guys already know, and the Devils have even talked about him coming back and we'll get to him in just a moment. But the first guy that we have on our list is Zach Hyman, who right now is a right winger, 28 years of age, and plays currently for the Toronto Maple Leafs. In the 2021 season, he finished with 15 goals, 18 assists for 33 points during the regular season. In his career, he has scored 86 goals, 99 assists for 185 points in 345 games played. Now, Here's a couple of paragraphs that Bleacher Report wrote about Zach Hyman a couple weeks ago that I want to read to you guys. Despite being overshadowed by superstar teammates such as Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and John Tavares, Zach Hyman is an invaluable member of the Toronto Maple Leafs core. Completing a four-year, $9 million contract, he's going to get a big pay raise over his current $2.25 million annual cap hit. A hardworking two-way player who could skate at any forward position. Very, very valuable. Like a Swiss Army knife, basically. The 28-year-old usually plays on one of the Leafs' top two lines. He scored 21 goals in each of the past two seasons with 40 points in 17-18 and 41 in 18-19. With 33 points in 43 games, he was on track for his third 40-point campaign until suffering a sprained right knee back on April 19th that will sideline him for at least a couple weeks. This was written back in, you know, late April, so... I think at this point, considering the playoffs are starting soon, he's probably back by now. But anyway, how much Hyman could get on his next contract is already a topic of discussion in Leafs Nation. On Tuesday, or whenever this was written, TSN's Pierre Lebrun speculated he might have to accept something within the $4 million range to stay with the cap-strapped Maple Leafs, but could get more than $5 million annually on the open market. Now, here's the thing. Some of you may look at this and say, well, Neil, the Devils already tried this, getting a high-quality young player from the Toronto Maple Leafs when we got Andreas Janssen, and 
he really, really did not pan out and is a guy that I think could be exposed in the expansion draft. And I agree. I agree. And I think I'm starting to believe more and more that maybe he was, you know, just a byproduct of playing with the likes of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and guys like that. And we could very much look at Zach Hyman and say, well, what if he came to a team that maybe doesn't have as much high-end talent, so to speak, you know, in a younger team? And look, Hyman is 28. He's not... When it comes to age, he's not really fitting the young core, so to speak. He would probably come in, and even though he would be one of our top six forwards, because let, let's be honest, we brought him in, he's probably going to be a top six forward. He would actually be one of our veterans on the team when, when we really think about it. Um, the other thing is this. Zach Hyman could very well take less money to stay in Toronto, which is understandable. But I think if the Devils came out and gave him a contract that was, you know, five, five and a half, maybe $6 million for, for three or four years. He might be tempted to get that because he might look at it from his own standpoint and say, I'm in the prime of my career. This is one of the only opportunities I'm going to get to get a really good amount of money. I'm not going to get the massive increase that I really want from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And even though it's tough because, you know, the Maple Leafs are a lot closer, closer to potentially winning a cup than the Devils are right now, I might do that. And I told you guys before that it is going to be difficult for the Devils at times to convince some of these guys to come to New Jersey. Um, and that's why if we're going to get some talent, it may be more from the trade market and not necessarily from the free agent market. But 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 still, I think adding a guy like Zach Hyman with the speed that he has and the fact that he can, you know, is a two-way forward and we need help from the forwards when it comes to the defensive side to doubly help our defense so they can improve. I think this could be actually a pretty smart move that wouldn't actually cost us that much because if you think about it five six million dollars a year it's not totally going and breaking the bank and again like i mentioned we have a lot of cap space and i know the temperature wants to have a lot of cap space to utilize it and we you know i'm sure that they're thinking about it and i'm sure it's going to be there but look the other thing is simply this number one he could very well just resign with the leafs at the end of the year and that's that Number two, he may not want to come to the Devils. He may have other offers. I would imagine he's going to have other offers. Um, he may not want to come to the Devils for obvious reasons, at least at the moment, because of where we are when it comes to our rebuild. So, again, these are all potential. These are all guys that I think could be possible and everything. And, look, this is not one of the most crazy free agent classes we've ever seen, but there is some good value in a lot of these guys. So, Zach Kyman is the first guy on my list. Again, 28 years of age. He's a right winger. The next right winger we're going to talk about, a little bit on the older side, Mike Hoffman. Now, I know Devils fans are going to jump off the ship already, but just hear me out. Hoffman, in case you don't know, right winger, 31 years of age. He currently plays for the St. Louis Blues, who are probably going to get knocked out in the first round, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, this year, he had 17 goals, 19 assists, and 36 games played. Oh, mind you, on a one-year contract with St. Louis. He was one of the last free agents to sign. And the Devils were actually rumored to be one of the teams interested in bringing him in. The Devils ended up not doing that. Maybe they did offer him a contract, and he said, no, I don't know. But he ended up signing with the St. Louis Blues. In 545 career games played, Mike Hoffman has scored 189 goals, 206 assists, for 395 points. So he's five points away from reaching 400, which is pretty, pretty uh, substantial feat. That's pretty substantial. Now, look, we all know that Mike Hoffman had some issues 
to put it lightly, uh, during the end of his time in, in Ottawa. And we know that. We, we know the situation he had with Eric Carlson and their, and their respective wives, girlfriends. We all know that. But he's still a really, really good player. Um, this year, he kind of struggled at some times from what I was told from St. Louis people. Uh, but he's actually become more of a pretty valuable player for St. Louis down the stretch. Uh, again, the Blues might decide to give him a longer-term deal after this year. So this could be another guy that the Devils don't even get an opportunity to try to entertain. And again, he is 31 years of age, but maybe he's at the point of career where he could be more of a veteran guy and really try to help out the rest of these guys. Would he necessarily be that a top six guy? I think when you look at the young talent that we have and even some of the guys coming up, I think he would be more of a bottom six guy, probably a third line guy. And I don't know if he would necessarily come here, but again, what I really like personally about Mike Hoffman is his speed. That's the thing that really gets to me. But, you know, could it be that because of his age, he might start to slow down and everything, and it could be a bad, bad deal? Yeah. Do I think the Devils would have to pay a boatload of money to get him? No, I don't. I'm saying between two and a half, three million dollars if you want to give him a multi-year deal. Um, the Devils may do what St. Louis did and just give him a one-year deal to see what happens. I mean, they did that. They did that with Dmitry Kulikov. I mean, Mike Hoffman could be another one of those guys that we bring in and then on a one-year deal. And then when we get to the point where maybe we're not making the playoffs, he ends up getting traded at the deadline for whatever. And then we go from there. But again, just another guy that I think could actually fit in. And again, he may not be one of those guys that we say like, that gets fans really excited, but he could be a guy that can fit in when it comes to a veteran presence and a guy who could still score even as a third line guy and, you know, try to help this team score a little bit more, you know, and have some guys around that can really get to it. But again, we all know that the big thing is to try to get scoring help for Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. So maybe Mike Hoffman would be a good second line right winger for Nico or Jack Hughes. Who knows? But that's another guy I wanted to mention. Now, the last guy I wanted to mention is somebody who already has played for the Devils and was recently traded away from the Devils. And that is Kyle Palmieri, 30 years of age, right now playing for the New York Islanders, who had a phenomenal game one against Pittsburgh in the playoffs, scoring not one, but two goals, including the game winner overtime to win game one for the New York Islanders. This year, he finished the regular season with 10 goals, 11 assists, and 51 games played. Clearly, the worst year of his career statistically. In 612 games played, he has scored 185 goals and has had 174 assists for a total of 359 points. So when you look at it in kind of a funny way, Mike Hoffman, even being just a year older than Kyle Palmieri, seems like he's actually a little bit better. But here we have similarity with Kyle Palmieri. We already know. I don't have to spend the next five minutes explaining to you what we would be getting in Kyle Palmieri. He would be a guy, I mean, we put him right back where he was when he got traded. Top six, probably our number one right winger, unless we give it to Alexander Holtz. Um, a guy that we kind of, you know, I'm sure some people are going to wonder, when is he going to start to maybe fall off, you know, because of his age? Um, you know, look, Kyle Palmieri, he wanted, he probably wanted to be given an opportunity to go chase a cup, and that's what he's doing right now. Do I think he's going to have suitors in the offseason? Absolutely. We're not going to be the only ones. Do I think the Devils will entertain it? It's a tough question because the question really is when you look back at the contract negotiations, 
Was it something that they talked to Kyle Palmieri and said, look, um, if you want to give us an opportunity to speak with you during free agency, we'll come back to this. Uh, right now, we're going to trade you uh, and go from there. Um, could it be also that, you know, the, bur the bridge has already been burned and, and there's nothing we could do? Possibly. Who knows? And another thing is this. Does Kyle Palmieri want to come back? Does he want to come back knowing that this team is still another two years away from being a really legit playoff and eventual Stanley Cup contender, especially at his age, and especially if he doesn't even win a cup this year with the, with the New York Islanders? I think it would lead more wanting to go somewhere to try to win. And if that means he takes a little bit less, so be it. But this also could be a situation where he really wants to cash in. And it's really difficult because not a lot of the really good Stanley Cup contending teams have a lot of money and won't have a lot of money for the next two or three years because of the flat cap. And unfortunately, COVID really, really hurt a lot of these teams. The Devils are one of the few teams that could probably give him what he's looking for, but we don't really know what exactly he was looking for. And we don't know what exactly the conversations went. We don't know if they were good, bad, or indifferent. You know, I don't know. We don't know. But again, just another guy that we have familiarity with. We know what we're getting him, and we know that he can contribute. We know he can. And, and I'm pretty positive that this was an off year for him. And look what he's doing now. He's finally gaining confidence. He's finally building that chemistry with, the, uh, with his Islander teammates. And he's, he's rolling. He's rolling. He looks very, very determined. And I, and I told my friend Kim Moisa, you know, Isles Girl 3 on Twitter, I said, look, he's a dog, man. When, when, he's, when he's motivated and he's ready to go, he plays at a high level. He does everything he can. He goes to those tough corners. He's a physical, scrappy player that, that finds the back of the net a lot. He's going to do that. And he fits the Islanders very, very well. I know that some Islander fans might dis disagree, especially with how he was doing in the regular season. But he's still... A dog. He's still a guy that can really, really grind it out. So honestly, would I be happy to bring him back? Absolutely. Would I be worried about, you know, how much could he contribute? Yeah. And, you know, again, does he want to come back? Does he really want to come back? If he doesn't, I mean, that that's understandable. It's completely understandable. So those are the three guys at the moment when it comes to the right wing position that I'm most intrigued by potential. Um, if I had to, you know, order them, basically the way I just spoke about them is how I'd order them. I would have Zach Hyman first, Mike Hoffman second, and then Kyle Palmieri third. And the only reason I put Kyle Palmieri third is that he may just not want to come back to New Jersey. That bridge might have already been burned. So let's see. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils went into the offseason and entertained it if he was there as a free agent. You know, we'll see. But those are the three guys that are potential right-wing candidates in free agency this year. So let me know what you guys think. Do you agree, disagree? Are there other guys out there that I didn't mention that you guys think the Devils should go after? When it comes to free agency, we will get to trade targets later in this offseason. I'm just going through the free agency mark market right now, and we'll go from there one step at a time, one step at a time. But let me know what you guys think on Twitter at Devil State and on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, 
here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts. So that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts. You know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, pain, pain. The agony and the ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything you could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode.
Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!